Yo, what's up, TS Game? This is another episode of Talking Spit. Um, holiday, holiday weekend, Christmas coming up. Hopefully, uh, everything going well. But today we have a very special guest today from Crystal Ray, um, Miss Price. Would you like to introduce yourself real quick, please? Yes, I'm Casey Price. I've been at Crystal Ray for three years. I work with the TD Bank Financial Literacy um, Program, so I'm the instructor for that in adult education. And I have a business, Eclectic Consulting Services, where I provide financial services for affordable prices. Thank you. And Miss Price is joining us this week on a very, very, very busy Christmas uh, schedule. Everyone's rushing to get presents for this person, that person. But she found the time to connect with us over this week and we really really appreciate it very much um it's an episode long overdue um me and the gang have been talking about this for a while but if you have not been paying attention to the news president biden well no you know he's about to be president uh won the election 2020 it was uh not that big of a deal to some people but it was a big deal here in philadelphia for sure um we just wanted to get your political view from um, your perspective, because we have a few things, you have a few things, but um, you know, just want to get your view and perspective. So our first question is, do you feel that Biden is a better choice for presidency based off of him being VP for Obama for so long and after witnessing President Trump for the past four years? So I think, um, I think it's a complicated answer because it depends on what. So do I think on humanity and do I think on negotiations? I would want Trump or Donald, um, sorry, Biden. Yeah, I think for economic policies and for financial understanding, I think I probably would want Trump. I think um, I don't want to have a war with Iraq, Iran or Korea. So I would say Biden. But I don't know if he also would advocate the hard line for America the way Trump was, even if it's bullheaded. So I think that... Um, they kept saying that Biden didn't do anything while he was vice president. And I'm trying to think, you guys can think like, what do you remember past vice presidents to like change the world? Like I can't name one thing that previous vice presidents did. I'm like, oh, he did that. I think of Michelle doing right. more stuff than right. Biden did, but I can't think of like one dope thing that I credit to them. So like, it's a lot of politicians that have just pulled the title, got the check, play the game. And maybe Biden was one of them. I don't think he was that active, but Donald Trump wasn't in the streets being political before he became the president either. So what was he doing right. to help us in lobby? So I don't know. Um, I'll go. So as you said, vice presidents don't really stand out. And, you know, I don't think Biden stood out either during Obama's past, you know, when he was in office. And Michelle definitely did stand out, which is why we're going to talk about Kamala Harris and African women in the office later on in the episode. But, um, Based off of, um, you know, Biden being VP for Barack, because that was, I feel like that was him and Barack. They, that was his choice. That was his selection. And I don't want to say Obama did a great job, but he did do things to better, you know, America. He tried his best when he was in there. And I'm pretty sure Biden had a little bit of influence towards that, which is why one of the reasons why I was happy that he was going against Trump. And that was my perspective going into it. But um. I agree. I don't think any vice president from the past few elections really stood out. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does when he does get the chance to get in the office, whether it was, uh, you know, after seeing, like I said, after seeing Trump and what he's done for four years, which really wasn't the best presidency ever, like not at all. And yeah, anybody want to take it from there? Uh, what I, I mean, the, the, from my viewpoint, I could see I wouldn't say that his Trump's presidency was completely like 
like full of nothing. One thing I can say was he did try to keep a lot of the jobs within the United States and stuff like that, and then try to build up the rapport of us having to us being able to produce stuff that that this country runs on within this country. So it's I I say it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I feel as though his main problem was really speaking to everyone, like with him already being a part of the higher class before he was even in presidency, he was already a part of that upper echelon of people. So therefore, those that's the life that he lived. So that's who he spoke to. So I feel as though that Joe Biden speaks to everyone, not only the upper class, but those who are in the, in the middle class and who the below the poverty level. So I feel as though when he speaks, he speaks to everyone. But I feel as though like during Donald Trump's presidency and just uh like every every time he's in the limelight, you know, if he's you know putting money in stocks and stuff like that, I feel as though he's always doing stuff to talk to those who are in the higher up or in the same who the same pay grade or whatever you like to say uh, with them. No, I I agree with Tease, and I also think um Trump. He did a great job of just making sure the United States is recognized as like a powerful country, but not really good job of like the personal lives of the people in the actual country and how like his actions affect people day to day, not just like on a, a power, not just on like a power trip that he was on, more of like a personal person to person thing. I don't think he cared that much. It was more just about the like country as a whole, more money, power type of thing than it was just someone's like actual emotions or feelings that I went to all his decisions and stuff like that. For sure. Like Biden is definitely more inclusive. Whereas like Trump, like he's about that money. And like when it comes to money, like he'll act quick. He'll do what he gotta do. But like um like in other aspects of like the country, like like minorities or um mm, like he like it's it's not his major it's not his main concern, you know. So I'm, based off what you guys are saying is like I Sean I agree with you is that like I think of Trump as a leader. I don't think of Biden as a leader because people say well he's not a good leader, but Hitler was a horrible person but one of the best leaders in history because he got millions of people to do bad shit. Like so the thing is no matter what you say about him, he got millions of people to look at Jewish people and go, I think we should kill him, maybe burn like he really he bad people, people doing this who never felt he got, that shit. He, he got he got he was able to make people think the way he thought and get people to believe in the same beliefs that he had. So yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying with that analogy. Yeah, he's influ- he's influential. So my thing is I think of Biden as a social worker. And I think the the I don't know, the team of presidency is like I wish Donald Trump sometimes would just shut up about the things that he wasn't good at. You're not a good with race relations. You're not good with civil rights things. You're not good at diversity training. So just hire a person who is and let them talk for you. And I think that a good CEO or a good leader also puts people in place who are good at it. Put um, Betsy DeVoe is in charge of um, student loans, right? She's in our education. She never had a student loan a day in her life. She pays cash for Ivy Leagues. So like you can't even relate to us. So why are you the person in charge of our interest rate for student loans? Or our family's one of the biggest contributors to the Republican Party. So stuff like that is like, why wouldn't you have someone qualified? I think if Trump had people qualified, he would have had people like us who maybe weren't big Trump fans, but like, I see what he did when it came to this. I see what he did when it came to that. Trump gave us $1,200. I don't think Biden or Obama would have made that quickly on this stimulus check. It's very low compared to other countries, which we see on memes and Instagram right now. But mm-hmm. it's... I don't think that Obama would have got us that money that quickly. I don't think he would have been able to. 
I was just about to ask, um, during the quarantine and, um, you know, people going out of jobs and stuff like that, I was really just about to ask how, um, efficiently, like, how do you, how efficiently do you think Trump, um, handled that situation? I was really, you just took it away. (laughs) I struggle with that because like when people were having pains, right? So we have middle America, Montana, Kansas, like wherever they live, right? And these middle of nowhere places, like, I want to get my hair done. And we're like, yeah, I get that. But a part of the problem is that like, I remember talking, like, I was working with Kim. It's like, one of the teachers pulled me aside and was like, you're scaring the kids because you keep telling them you're going through a Great Depression. I'm like, because we are. I'm a finance person. We're in a Great Depression. Not every session, that's cute. We're in a Great Depression. And COVID accelerate that. So the decision is, do you allow millions of people to go to work and die being waitresses, right? Or do you allow people to stay home and then you cover them? But then because we're in a trillion dollar deficit, we literally are printing out money to loan people out, which means we're deflating the amount, of, um, the amount of a dollar. So if you print out a bunch of money, it helps with deflation. So my question is like, I don't think it's fair that the Ruby Tuesday employee loses her job when we go on lockdown and we probably will with the democratic president. But at the same time is I'm not okay with bailouts because bailouts basically means to me is that Neiman and Marcus, you were mismanaging your money. You knew that pandemic, you know that a pandemic was possible like, like Africa did. Africa said after Ebola, we got our shit together. And you knew that um, a recession happens every seven to 10 years or 10 to 12 years. You knew that was going to happen. So the fact that you don't have a plan in place, I don't feel bad for Southwest Airlines because you mismanage your money and a part of capitalism is like, it is what it is. It's on you. So I struggle as a president, like we're literally doing death or disparity, like Great Depression. Like when they have the video, like, oh, we're all dying with black and white, like feed America for $7 a day. Like that's where we are right now. So I don't know what you do. But I think we messed up because we should have shut down like New Zealand, Australia. We should have shut down like you can't go to the grocery store unless you have a pass on some like any of the state type of stuff where then we would have been able to open up stores. We're like nine months in this, Jonah. We are still doing horrible. It's going to get really, really bad because people think of unemployment as a poverty thing. Now you're seeing the CEO of companies and the accountant making $100,000. Now they're on unemployment just like the rest of us. Now you're on welfare and WIC. We don't have enough safety and plans in place for people in middle class and wealthy. Now the CEOs are losing their jobs. Shit is getting real for the folk out there. So And one thing and one thing I would like to comment on like you that you said was the plan. So even before it like even before it got as as bad as it did when 2020 hit in 2019, when we, we start first hearing the whispers of like what's going on, uh, you know, overseas and stuff like that. When we first started to hear that, I felt as though it should have been a plan to like, all right, we're not gonna like, don't panic. This is what we're gonna do. But instead we prolonged the whole situation and waited till it got as as bad as possible. Now we wanna shut down schools and shut down cities. And now we wanna have everybody go in a panic mode because me personally, I feel as though that's the worst thing that you could do in an emergency is go into panic mode. Because you know, when you think of panic, you think, all right, what can I do in this split second to figure out how I can fix the situation? Yet you're not thinking clear. But if you would have did, if we would have took steps forward way back when it wasn't as bad or it wasn't, you know, really hitting us as hard as it as it was in other countries and stuff like that, then we could have played ahead. All right, what are they doing right now? So that way we could do what they're doing now. We could do that right now. That way, when it comes to us, we already that's already like there's no chance of it getting that bad. But instead, now we have you know small businesses going under, and that's how a lot of people feed their family. So with, with with all the small business, and then it's not even just small business, it's the economy all around. Everything is going under with the fact that 
nobody can provide because you can't go spend money if you can't make money at, at the job. So for those who are who worked at those small businesses, and like you said, the waitress at Ruby Tooth, she can't make that dollar, so therefore she can't go back and spend the dollar. So now it just it revolves around everything. Every action has a reaction. So therefore, you know, her not being able to make the dollar it causes everyone else to you know have to go without. He's talking his shit. <laughs> but the Ruby Tuesday worker, like, that's the reason why all fans pop because people need money. Like, all fans was an opportunist. Like, oh, y'all lost your jobs? Well, you can shake your feet for $100,000. Like, I mean, I lost my job on a plumbing guy shut off. Like, only fans is going to be in the industry. Yeah. They share more than feet. Yeah. Don't lose everything. Go ahead, Tease. No, I was just about to say that that's just like it was, when it was death or despair. Like when you yeah. come down to those last couple options, it's like, yo, am I going to go without or am I have to do something that I really don't want to do, but I got to do it to, you know, keep the lights on. So yeah. then it's just to that point where you got, you just got to look at your options and just which one is bad, but not that bad. So that's what I think looting was. Looting was people kept talking about looting. Like mm-hmm. looting is opportunity equals anger. People who uh, have bread, people who are comfortably set with finances, we weren't looting. I don't need sneakers. But when you take everything from people and it's an opportunity and they're angry, this is what happens. So people are like, well, how dare you loot to help in George Floyd? It's, at this point, it's a fact that it's like the, the with on the withouts. The withouts are saying, you're not hearing us. So if I can hurt your bottom dollar, I will. It's the tax write off to them. So like when people kept talking about looting, I'm like, looting does with the economy. This is not a racial, we're better than worse. This is about the economy. People were desperate. People who were sitting nicely, probably health people weren't looting. They didn't need to. So this is about right. the this is about the state of the economy and what was happening politically and what was happening racially in America. So like that this what makes me think of like disparity of like I'm willing to get arrested for a few pair of Yeezys, but if I can flip them, that's that's reference. Right. You're not helping me. So I gotta do what I gotta do. And then when you and then when you think of that, that's also a uh, when you uh, aspect of, of togetherness like when when everybody was out there looting it wasn't just a couple people or it wasn't just you know a couple cities doing it. everyone took that opportunity they feel as though okay like we all could come out come up now we might as well come together and do this and I feel as though that was a, a good trait that we showed even though it wasn't something that was as positive as it could have been yet it was to show that we could come together when we feel as though it's something that we want to do so I feel as though that I feel as though that's something we can use, you know, going ahead and just to show everyone else who looked down like, oh, they'll never come together or they're divided and that's not, like they're trying to create war within each other when that's not even the biggest problem. I feel as though that showed like are we are we even though it wasn't something that was the most positive aspect, but yet we understand how to come together for a reason. Yeah, but in some sense the looting, it wasn't like necessary for some people because some people were preaching the black lives matter and it wasn't even about the economy anymore because like the george floyd situation and stuff like that but they were looting black owned businesses too so it was kind of like a hit or miss type of thing because they were doing they were getting their message across but also they were kind of causing problems at the same time for stuff that we're trying to like bring up bring into light like black black owned businesses we're trying to make those like more get more black owned businesses stuff like that but if like African-American people are looting African-American businesses, then it makes us look stupid in some ways as just like a, a race in general. Who's your point? Let's steer this, let's steer the conversation right a little bit, get away from the economy, but towards not the Trump versus Biden, but 
Biden's vice president, Kamala Harris. Um, I think that was a huge political move on his part, getting um, more of the Democratic vote based off of uh, Kamala Harris being African-American and being who she was, Senator of California. Um, what do y'all think? Like, what is your aspects or perspectives on Kamala Harris in general? Well, I didn't know who she was before then, right? So right. I was like, Same. interested. I think it's really dope. I'm like, she's black Indian. Like, look at that. Like, I mean, that, like, I haven't even really heard of that mix before. Like, I'm here for that. That's so diversity. Um, and then I think that she went to HBCU. So that gets rid of the idea that HBCUs can't produce people with high paying jobs. And the fact is that I think the hardest issue she had to come from, which kind of actually probably won some conservatives, was that she's a conservative person when it came to um, criminal, justice, criminal justice system. I think the part of like, I went to school for criminal justice for my undergrad is that you think you're helping people. You think that you're, you think that crime is black and white, you're bad, so you commit crime and you're good, so therefore you don't. And we give you a second chance and your life is good. When you realize it's a part of a cycle of poverty and a cycle of generational um, poverty versus generational wealth and systematic change. So I think that with Kamala Harris is I respect, um, I need her to do what Joe Biden did at one of the campaigns though. Um, or one of the, um, what's it called when they did Bates, when Joe, Joe and Donald Trump were being ridiculous. I love that when they asked Joe, Donald Trump kept saying, well, you were part of one of the bills that um, criminalized a lot of African-American women. I think it was like the five to one crack ruling. I like that Joe said, I was wrong. I was like, that's all, Donald Trump, if you could just say that about some stuff, we could yeah. do, like, I was wrong. I think I need to hear Kamala Harris say, I changed my point of view because I was wrong. Not just to, I didn't act like I don't agree with these things just to get on Biden's ticket. I was wrong. So Biden voted against something that really hurt a lot of black men, but so did Clinton. And Clinton said, I was wrong for my white privilege, my lack of knowledge and what I didn't know. They did not know that the five to one crack law would have affected so many African-Americans or stricter gun laws would have affected them. So I need Kamala Harris to say, I need to hear her journey. You know, our, we will even talking stuff out, trauma, I've on a podcast, talk about our thoughts. I need to hear Kamala Harris say, based off of what I did in the past, here's what I learned. So here's what I would still do as vice president. And here's what I wouldn't do because I learned in the field. But your track history tells you that you voted for certain things and you enacted certain things, but we don't know where you stand on them now. So I don't want to hear you just say, yeah, I agree or disagree so you can be a, so you can be a good candidate. I want to hear really what's your plan and what you learned. So I need I need to hear that from her. But I think she's a definitely a stronger force than I think Biden may be at one point in time. I'm the same as you. I didn't really know that much about uh Kamala yeah. Harris until like recently and I'm I still don't know that much but I'm just hoping her being like an um, African-American woman she I, I'm hoping that she just puts us on or tries to like do the best for like our culture and all cultures in general while she's a vice president and hopefully makes a change and like gives not Biden like advice but I guess works with Biden to try to make the best possible decision for all like Races and cultures in general. Uh, yeah, that's all. Uh, well, from from my standpoint, I I feel as though I I love to see that someone from you know someone that comes from where where I where I come from, not like the exact place, but you know the same background in which I would come from, to be able to put out there that we are able to like like you said how someone from an HBCU can get to a high paying job or get to the point where they're somewhere where they can make a difference. So I feel as though that um, I would just, I just want to, I just would like to know like what exactly is the viewpoint and what she has to, to God, help God, Joe Biden to guide this country to a better place than we are now. 
and I'm all for just someone just showing the the youth and and generations behind her and generations behind me that it is is possible to reach somewhere where you where you feel as though you can make a difference in not only your community or your city in the whole entire country. So I feel as though that's the that's how I feel about it. I feel as though it's a great opportunity to show that we it's always opportunities and you can always reach whatever how whatever point in life you feel that you want to reach. And to piggy to piggyback off the opportunity, I feel like she's on one of the biggest damn stages in America, you know, vice president. And on top of being vice president, you have diversity in the office. Now, I'm not gonna straight compare her to Michelle Obama, but when Michelle was in there, you couldn't go a day without seeing her. We Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, she's on TV, she's here, and she's making she makes everyone comfortable around her. And with Kamala Harris on that stage, she has that same, well, damn near that same opportunity to win people over, but at the same time to produce a better message. And I feel like for younger audiences growing up, we should push the more of that narrative. You know, like not everybody that's diverse and coming the same background as we do has to be an athlete, a rapper, or, you know, a musician. We can we can have somebody in office. There's not a lot of us in there. And I feel like for women in particular, there is a lot of voices out there that people don't know about because they're not talked about at all. And I feel like this is a step in the right direction. I feel like Michelle, I don't want to say Michelle Obama started it, but that being in office definitely is a huge, huge, huge um, start for moral, for morale. Because not only can men be in politics, women can be in politics too. And I think we need more of that. It doesn't have to just be a lawyer or a nurse. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's more diverse jobs out there. And I think we can definitely get more involved in that. And I think it starts with the generation coming up now, you know? And that's where I am on that. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that she represents diversity now, and I really mm-hmm. feel like she should use that to her advantage. Like, I know I know she um, she already hired some women of color, which is great. But um, then again, like, going back to actually um, – like relating with the people, like saying that she's wrong. Like, I know um, she also has this plan to like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like to those who were wrongfully incarcerated, like take them out of jail or prison, whatever, um, and, like that whole process. But it's like, again, you also put them in there basically so like what is that thought process like why are you doing this and why is it like like she has this position but why didn't she do it then like why now and I get like she has this title but then again like she had she had the opportunity to fix it then and I think saying that she was wrong now would like I it would definitely clear some confusion or like doubts in the air because like are you actually going to do that too yeah uh one quality that you love to see in candidates is honesty i feel like a lot of candidates don't have that and for someone like biden to come out and say i was wrong definitely is huge to see that because a lot of people see big names as people who doesn't have a lot of personality but in reality, 
people bash candidates, like people bash candidates a lot. They're liars, they do this, they do that. And they're supposed to, they're supposed to win you over with everything that, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, for clickbait, tell you what really. you want to hear. Like, yeah, they tell, tell you what you want to hear. So I can, you can win my vote over. But to hear some, to hear somebody say that they're wrong, it, it takes, especially a guy, it takes a lot to push that pride aside and be like, I'm wrong and I want to better myself for not just, you know, not just for myself, but for the entire fucking country. Like that's, yeah, that's something people. that, um yeah, you know, that's something that we really, um really need right now. I feel like honesty is something, something really very much, because, you know, I, anybody can say it's going to be okay and then shit doesn't be okay. But if you, if you go, oh, we, we fucked up, tell me, let us know we fucked up. Like say that, be real. And I think honesty is definitely something needed in candidates. Yeah, and I also um, anybody. Think, uh, sorry, I also think humility is like I think of Donald Trump. I watched a debate and he's talking about the um Obama, like the Obamacare. So Obama basically trying to make, basically quickly, he's trying to basically provide insurance to everybody, and he put a penalty on it for taxes. So if you didn't pay it, as a negative reinforcement, that'll make you want to get insurance because it goes back to the idea of it's best for minorities is that proactive insurance is that we go to the hospital. Grandma will tell you, go to the hospital when you have a, uh, a headache compared to, or if you go to the doctors every six months, they would have known that when they saw you in between those times. So it's like a big schema. I, my struggle with Donald Trump is a lack of humility. Instead of saying everything was wrong with Obamacare, just tell me what you had to fix and why. Because you're basically doing the same idea. So I think I need humility for you to like, but Donald Trump talks in blanket, blanket statements, which lets me know it's a sign of um, a lack of education, a lack of intellect. Is like, everything's bad. Everything was horrible. I'm the best of all time. So when you say vague statements like that, I can't trust you. If you tell me that you're the best of everything every time I talk to you, that's cat. So I think in your right. generation, my generation, we can see that. So you're telling me that every policy you did was perfect. I can't trust that. I need you to say what was done before you, what worked, and what didn't work, and what you plan on doing. That's growth mindset. That's innovative. That's what we talk about. So I want to see you be who you say you are. Yeah, that's being more intellectual. You knowing that you could possibly be wrong and not know everything about everything is that's being a more i feel like that's more like um you're being a smart president by just being open-minded to other other people's opinions and other people's point of views that's how you i feel like that's how you win everyone over make everyone happy you got to look at other things besides even if you don't like it you still have to look and just be able to figure out why this is that and why people think this i feel like it makes you more well-rounded and just easier to connect with everyone in general yeah, and then and then to to go off of, to go off of what you guys say, I feel as though that also comes with feeling as though you just have this some type of honor to feel as though that you're above everyone that came before you. Like everyone who every pres everyone who was in office before me cannot do what I'm about to do for you. I feel as though you not even being able to go back and see and do the research on not just the the one president before you, but all the presidents before you. you know the the stuff that really affects the country as of a as of uh now by it being able to go and see that and being all right document everything okay this is this happened and this is what came from that to be able to do research and look back and then come to a debate and be like oh this happened then and i plan to do it by fixing this i feel as though that is what makes you a great president but with donald trump just saying i'm gonna fix everything and make america great i feel as though you can't you can't make something great without knowing what made it bad or in letting it be known that you know what made it bad. So I feel as though that's what that's what really makes a difference in between a good president and a great president. So very last question around of the podcast. Um has nothing to do with 
the election or the candidates that we talked about today at all, but it is a relatively talked about question as of right now. Who in here or anybody do we know personally is going to take the vaccine that they have announced? So I know my, I have, my mom is a coworker who's supposed to take it in like a week. My mom doesn't want to take it, but mm. yeah. I don't know anybody personally besides that who's going to take it, but I'm going to just let everyone who takes it, you know, go like a month or two after, and then I'll see if they're okay. But I'm not going first. <laughs> I definitely I definitely agree with that, Sean. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can go, sorry. Oh, go ahead. That's fine, Marquise. Oh, uh, I just want, I, just, I, I definitely, I feel as though it's like everything else that happens. Like you would rather see someone else do it before you put yourself out there and do it first. So I feel that's the, I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm against getting the vaccine, but I definitely don't want to be one of the first people to just jump out there and be like, yeah, let me like, like stick me with, right here. Let me get the vaccine so I can do whatever I want. All this, like all that, like I'm not, I'm not that really pressed to want to go out and do all that, like everything and go places, stuff like that. Cause I feel as though everything happens for a reason. So I feel as though this is like, maybe for some people, this is what we needed. We need to be able to sit down and like take time out from our daily life and, Every like fast pace, everything like how how fast paced everything is going on nowadays. Now it just gave us time to like sit back and realize what's really going on within like our country and our city and stuff like that. So about the vaccine, I would I'm I'm not gonna say I wouldn't take it, but I'm definitely gonna wait until like I'm not gonna say the second batch, but like like the eighth batch. Wait till that will come out. Then yep. I know it's safe. I have so many questions. Martinez, you make a point. Like, well, one is. I need it this time. I don't know about you guys. You would have created this podcast. So we all have time. Like we are virtually not different areas. Like I relaunched my business. I had it six years ago, relaunched and like had 30 clients the first month. If I was in buildings back and forth, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't have the time to be, I can phone call you. I come to your crib and be justified and looking at my bread. So like I need this time to rethink, repurpose myself. But um, yeah, I struggle. I have a little confession. Like I was online at Penn and I was applying for like this trial and they were like, you can get the first round, the second round. And then, you know, my husband's like, that's the vaccine. And I was like, no, it's a trial of medicine for COVID. That's the vaccine. Like, um, that's what it was. <laughs> like, he's I was like, no, it's a trial. He's like, but they're paying. I was like, yeah, but it's like, it's a trial. He's like, you keep saying that word, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to be delivered. To sh- you get a shot. I was like, yeah, because it's a trial shot. So I didn't get it, oh, but I stopped emailing them. But I'm like, well, what is the money? Um, but I guess, I know I watched this instagram stories it's called like covid stories like long haulers and people were saying like they gave me this shot of this pill this medicine and like this change of story like early, early in march or april so i struggle with like why did we come up with the vaccine in not eight months when we saw the cure to aids like i'm behind that i see that everywhere i'm 100 behind that and two is i need you to give someone the vaccine then put them around positive people and they come out negative like i need thousands of case studies of that because that's how the vaccine works for me you give someone the vaccine and you put them around positive people let them cough in their mouth and like if they live and they're gucci then it works so i need a thousand cases of that you gotta put it to the test you You have to to. like someone's coughing drinking but okay so this it faulted if not that means that's the only way to tell if it works is if you're around people who have it and you survive and don't lose your hand and don't get cerebral palsy from it so I don't know. That's cerebral palsy. <laughs> That's people have cerebral palsy. So their face was drooping from taking the vaccine this last two weeks. I saw right. that. That is wild. Ooh, definitely. 
the fact that it was um, crazy. Like I seen this video of this front line worker who took it and she like she really passed out. Like, oh yeah, you're talking about after like seventeen minutes. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And people are afraid of flu vaccinations. Really? <laughs> really? Still, still to this day. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially the black well, black community. We just have all of our Instagram um doctors and everybody becomes so woke and conscious all of a sudden now they're against the vaccination <laughs> and and I'm like the people keep saying that we're so anti social cap so uh, capitalism but like getting that stipend was socialist unemployment was socialist making frontline people get it first is socialism um all of that is socialism CCIS socialism food stamps is socialism unemployment is socialism uh free public school socialism so if you could be that socialist, that you could take this vaccine for me real quick. The difference. Um, shout out to the people it. who actually consider taking it. Shout out to y'all. Y'all the real <laughs> heroes for real, for real. Definitely. I feel like I feel like it was produced with a little a little too quick for me. Um, I I'll wait a little longer. I, I'm 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 happy wearing the mask everywhere mm-hmm. I go. It's a hassle, but at the same time, it's. Not that, it's, it's safer. Not that, yeah. yeah, it's safer so than just, just yeah. it's safer. Yeah. So that's not that big of it's like they're not ask you to like put on a whole hazmat suit. Like it's just something as simple as put on a mask to cover it. I feel though that's not hard. And then like just to go off of what you said, Zay, and and what Miss Price said, with like it how did it come about so fast? Like all these other sicknesses and stuff that really like took a toll on everyone and every community. Yet when this comes about in within a year, there's a there's something to say, all right, this gonna cure it, like just like that. And I feel as though like I feel as though like you ever like your mom ever told you to take something out, to thaw it out, and she's gonna cook it for dinner and you forget. So you hurry up and take it out and put it in hot water or something like yeah. that, just to hurry the process yeah. up. I feel as though this was this is what that is. Like they just hurry up and took it out and put something together real quick. Hope just it to shut exactly and just all right, I hope she doesn't know like, I hope nobody notices. That you know, what I'm saying it, it messes you up a little bit, just a little bit. It just messes you. It makes your eyes sag a little bit, but you know it's better than having COVID. Like yeah. I feel though, like that's what it is. I feel like they just put something together in order that for everybody to put everybody like, give everybody just, like lean for back, everybody and just not be so on. Yeah, everyone at ease exactly. Or we could just like not go to parties and wear masks. Like, or we could have just did the curve and march. Like we could have just not had baby showers. Like, we could have right. just not went to land in the club, went to the strip club. Like, or we could have just, like, followed the rules like every other person. <laughs> America is a leading country. We get, this is, like, this is embarrassing. Like, this is, other countries, I, I went to go my, um, I'm not going to say that, but this Vietnamese guys I know, he said that they have 1,400 cases in their country. That was their, like, their, their spike. I mean, we get 1,400 cases per county per day. What? Like, Damn. for the whole country. And it's because we won't go outside. Don't, people don't listen, like, when I'm when I was up at college and just at the mall this other weekend, people there were people walking around without a mask on, like it's KLP. normal, like they don't care. Yeah. The mills, KLP, uh, malls, and two hours away from here, like they're doing it everywhere. So it just getting to a point where like it could get better, but we don't want it to because we don't want to listen. Like, even if you don't want, people say they don't want to take a vaccine, but they don't want to wear their mask either. So it's you, you got to pick something like you, something got to give, or we're just going to stay in this state, and no one wants to be here, but nobody wants to wear the mask either. So it doesn't really make sense. You can tell us this, bro. The fact that our malls are open, like Pennsylvania found, like Delaware said that the liquor store was an essential place during the lockdown. Like our liquor stores were still open. 
Like the kid yeah, is not what else sober. you can do? I guess I they were thinking drinking. about drug addicts <laughs> and alcoholics. Like, I mean, we were there, <laughs> but I mean, not a problem with it. And then, I did that. That's how serious we took it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though, like, like Sean said, with his school, like even at my school, in the be like within like the first month or two when I was up there, there were literally like single digit COVID cases. And it was like, you couldn't go anywhere on camp. You couldn't even walk on campus without having your mask on. And then when those COVID cases did come out, they sent you, all, they, like you basically got, you have an hour to get all your stuff and go <laughs> off <Yeah>. campus. <laughs> exactly. And they send you to an off-campus house. But I feel as though that is, even though you can't do that and just, you know, pick people up and move them within the city, but I feel as though that's what you, that's what should be going on here. If there is something, if you receive, if you get COVID and you test positive, all those that you come in contact with and all the, you should, there should be something where you have to do this. All of the, all, literally all of the hotels in the city, just within the city of Philadelphia, yet you couldn't use that as an outlet. Okay, this is, we're, this is the farthest away from a big population. So we're going to take those that are positive and put them in this area. And that way they wouldn't, you know, get uh, to be around everyone else just to try to help prevent it from spreading how it does. Right. All, of our, all of our states, are, are, they let it go up to each state where like some, where we were wearing masks in like March and April. Some states were wearing masks in July or August. So I think about, I think about, I'm like a, I'm a professional TikToker to 5 a.m. in the morning. And I saw this one video mm-hmm. of this person in Australia. And they said that if you go to Australia, you have to put up like, let's say like four or $5,000 and forgot the number. I was telling um, Kim this, you have to, when you get off of the hotel, when you get out of the, the plane, they give you on a bus to a hotel. They choose where the hotel is at. They give you a key. You pay the money. You do not choose a hotel. You stay there for 14 days. They take the key. You are not allowed to leave your room. So if you want to leave Australia and go on vacation in a different country, you know that when you come back, you have to put this bread up first. And you stay in the hotel for 14 days. They give you all your food. They give you bathroom, all your stuff, toiletries. You cannot leave your hotel room that they tell you for 14 days. They let you go back into their population. Americans would be talking about their rights and crying and complaining. And I want to carry my rifle with me. It would be, it's like, it's so embarrassing. Like, and because of their strict rules, we have lower cases than us. People aren't dying by the millions. It's like, we won't listen. But I did want to say, closing, like for me, shout out to, if you do want to capitalize off of us, if you're a capitalist like me, I'm a social capitalist. I believe in helping people socially, but at the same time, I believe in getting to your bread, right? I'm okay with monopoly, mind your business, I get it how I get it. If you are interested in investing, you should be investing in these companies that are coming out, that are producing the needle, the plastic, the actual things, the big pharmaceutical companies for the vaccine. Because if you're going to test us, then we might as well make money off of your mistakes and also you trying to capitalize off of us. So shout out to people. Um, my husband is an investor and he was saying that the vaccine company, the original one, was in the penny stocks in July of last year. I don't know why they had the company that created the COVID vaccine was going public last year if COVID is new. So I don't throw that out there. Um, But you definitely should look into the companies that are testing it. If they do a deal with CHOPS Hospital, they do a deal with these public um, companies, find out, like follow the cheese and find out where you can get your bread these opportunities because it's definitely there. Um, They're making opportunities off of us. We might as well do the same thing back. Uh, that is all the time we have today for today's episode. Um, Miss Price, thank you so much for joining us today and giving yes, us this deep in-depth you. talk. Thank yes, you. for sure. Thanks for having me. I was, this is fun to hear how great minds and your um, age of people of color, the fact that you guys took the time of pandemic and you produced something that I hope is huge and successful. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks, We're all about the journey. All about the journey. Um, 
thank you guys for uh, joining us today, listening out. Um, we're on Spotify, so join us on Spotify. Give us a listen on Instagram. Uh, you want to see our lovely link. faces and talking. Yes, Click the Spotify the is in the link on Instagram, y'all. Stay tuned. Hashtag and, is in and our, YouTube all our soon. personals. Yep. Definitely hashtag you might see us. <laughs> hashtag you might see us on uh what's that? What's that thing that the kids use these days? TikTok? Yeah. You might see us on TikTok. Uh <laughs> 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 you might see us on OnlyFans. Ah no, no, no. Anyway, TS gang, we out. Deuces. Bye guys. All right.